This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is one of those fun days where I'm going to be talking to someone who I met on social media. I love it. You know, all these people that say, oh, it's not any good. There's no point in doing this or that. My guest and I met on Facebook. We've never actually physically met. We've only just been friends on Facebook. And so it does go to show you that it is a great way to network and connect with people that you might have never, ever met. So please join me in welcoming Mitch Jackson to our program today. Welcome, Mitch. Hi, Deb. It's good to be here. I feel like we know each other. That's one of the beautiful things about social media is half the time you get to know each other online, and then when we see each other in real life, it's a big hug, right? Right. You know, and, and that is one of the things, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this, about developing those relationships with people, um, you know, and, and how to, to cautiously do it. I mean, you know, there is that little TMI thing, but it is a great way to get to know people. And, and so I do encourage people, that's, that is one of the things to be using social media for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about being selectively transparent. And, you know, if you've been in business as long as I have, it's taking our old school business approaches and habits and mm-hmm. ideas and then bringing them onto the digital platforms. And I think that's where the magic happens. Right. You know, and, and I remind people, you know, anything I post, my mother is going to see. <laughs> you know? So, you know, and, and I remind people, just always keep that in mind. I love it. Let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we'll really jump into this discussion. So Mitch is a California trial lawyer who enjoys combining law, social media, and technology to disrupt, hack, and improve his clients' companies, causes, and professional relationships. He's an award-winning 2009 Orange County Trial Lawyer of the Year and 2013 California Litigation Lawyer of the Year and was recently profiled in Inc.com and appeared on stage to share social media marketing tips at the Tony Robbins Business Mastery Event in Las Vegas to an audience of 2,000. Mitch is an early adopter of live streaming and was named by Mashable as one of the top 50 influencers to follow on Snapchat. The ABA Journal included Mitch as one of the top legal Twitter accounts to follow in 2017, and he was also recently named one of the top social media influencers to follow on social media. His cover profile in the Orange County Attorney Journal magazine wrapped up the past year. Mitch is a consulting expert in several books and has written a new book, which is part of the reason why I want him on to to be on the program today, because it's, it's a great book about social media. He enjoys sharing 30 years of marketing and branding tips with others during interviews from the stage and in his LegalMinds.Lawyer mastermind. His speaking page is at streaming.lawyer slash speaking, and you can connect with him in several places, which I'll ask him about later on. So again, Mitch, welcome to our program. Deb, thanks for having me on. But you left out the most important part about that whole bio. I had no idea what was sitting in front of you, and that is... I am a happy husband of 30 years. Of course. A proud father of two. 
And I just absolutely love each and every day of life. This has just been such a fun journey. And, mm -hmm. you know, social media and digital, Deb, it's, it's made practicing law fun again because right. I get to connect with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm more excited today. And it's actually been 32 years. After wow. 32 years of practicing law, I'm more excited today about getting up and coming into the office mm -hmm. and helping people solve their legal, legal problems than I ever have been in my life. So that tells me there's something about social and digital and connecting and relationships that's special. And that led me to want to write the book. It led me to want to put time aside to be on shows like this. So it's good to be here, Deb. I'm glad our paths have connected and I'm all yours for the next hour. Great. Well, you know, we, we keep mentioning the term relationship. And, and really, there is a reason it is called social media. Um, it is about connecting with people, but doing it appropriately. Um, you know, when, when you and I were preparing for the program, I mentioned one of my favorite examples um, of things when I tell people about using social media is sometimes police and lawyers are the people who like, especially Facebook the most, because people tend to post things they shouldn't. <laughs> you know? mm. And, you know, and, and we, you know, we kind of joke about that, but that does happen. But, you know, it is something that we do need to be cautious of, you know, not posting too much personal information. Um, you know, I don't want people to know I'm home alone, you know, things like that. And, and especially children, you know, because more and more kids are using a variety of social media. And, and so they have to be very careful about what they post. And, you know, but employers also have to be careful about what their employees might be posting. So it's, it's a tricky situation with social media because we all love it and we hate it. Um, so why did you really decide, though, because you are an attorney, you know, and, and so why did you decide that, that you were going to truly embrace social media? Well, I've always, I've always been a people person. I've always enjoyed helping people. That's mm -hmm. why I became a lawyer. And, and I met my wife in law school, and mm -hmm. she's my partner, and we've been practicing together ever since. And she has the same mentality. And mm -hmm. what we realized is back in 1996, when we put up our first website and started seeing results right away, we realized that there was something to this internet digital thing all mm -hmm. the way back then. Right. And as it developed and as social media rolled out in the mid to late 2000s, we, we quickly understood that instead of helping one person sitting across our desk with a legal challenge and maybe answering questions, we realized that there were a thousand other people around the world that had the same legal question mm -hmm. that needed an answer. And that by embracing social and digital, it allowed us to help more people in the same amount of time that it would take just sitting across our desk from someone. Right. And so from a relationship building standpoint, it was just like the most amazing thing in the world to me mm -hmm. back in the day. And it still is. From a business standpoint, what we realized was that it helped us expand our sphere of influence. It helped amplify our message to the consumers about uh, the type of law that we practice and when it was all said and done, it helped bring in big cases into the law firm. So mm -hmm. it was one of those things where it was a combination of all the above that uh, really got me excited about social media. And for me, if you, if you were here sitting in my office right now, it would be apparent if you looked at the photographs, if you looked at uh, the family stuff I have set up, frankly, if you looked at how I was dressed right now, very casual day, mm -hmm. I'm pushing paper today. Uh, I realized with social, I could be myself. I could mm -hmm. show my audience that 
I'm just like the guy next door, whether right. I'm in shorts, flops, I'm down at the beach doing a run. And that connected me on a human level with others that has resulted in referrals and new clients over the years. So for all those reasons, I've just really enjoyed social media. I've enjoyed helping people and, uh, and once again, building that brand, expanding that brand from local to global. Right. You know, and I tell people, especially senior executives, business owners, entrepreneurs, so kind of that, that upper management type of, of position, that social media is a great way to become a thought leader, to get your name out there. You know, and, and you're a perfect example of that because that's exactly what you're doing. Well, it is. And especially if you have as many opinions as I have <laughs> about what's going on in the world. But you know, it needs to be consistent with your personality. It needs right. to be congruent with who you are and what you do for a living. And I tell people in my Legal Minds Mastermind, which is a global mastermind of primarily lawyers from around the world, but also mm -hmm. of some other professionals, you know, um, but I talk to them about what's your why? What is right. your why? Why mm -hmm. do you get out of bed in the morning? And it's usually not the first response that you hear. You need to dig a little bit deeper and figure out why are we here? Why do you do what you do every single day? And mm -hmm. what are your goals? What are your purposes? And if you can take that why and you can translate it to your online social media and digital activities and sprinkle it every now and then with what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. incorporate, if you're a lawyer, the type of law that you practice into your why that you're sharing on a daily basis. I think for me, that's why social has been working so well for us as mm -hmm. opposed to what a lot of your listeners may be used to. And that's whatever the professional may be, he or she goes on social media, points fingers, tells the world how to do something and call my 800 number and we can help. And, and nobody, Buy from me, buy from me, buy from nobody me. Nobody likes that. I don't even like that. And so... Um, Uh-oh, you've got a new client right there. <laughs> you know what? Someone's listening and somebody wants my attention. So I've got my phone muted, but that was my Apple Watch lighting up. So that was my bad. So it's one of these things where, you know, it's, it's just been a huge business asset. It's mm -hmm. been such a powerful force. I'm talking about social media with like I said, expanding our brand and bringing new cases into the law firm, but also getting me on stage, not only around the country, but in different places around the world right. where I've got, I've had the chance to meet really interesting people mm -hmm. whose paths I would not have crossed had it not been for social and digital. So right. it's, it's been a fun dance. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like I said at the start, you and I met and only know each other through social media. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure that was one of these things where I, I might have seen a list that you were on, or we, we obviously have a lot of mutual friends. Um, and so you might have commented on something that they, they you know, wrote or you know, something like that. And I thought, ooh, that seems like a good person to connect with. Um, you know, and, and granted, I use social media as, as really a combination of business and personal, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, my mother is going to see any post, but my clients are also going to see pretty much any post I ever have also. And, you know, and maybe that's good. Maybe that's not. I had somebody question me today about, you know, Hey, could their account get hacked? And I said, well, part of it is you probably shouldn't have your posts as public, <laughs> you know, switch that to friends. But it is, it is such a great way, especially for someone like me, an, uh, a small business owner, I home office. I need to meet more people than I can just meet 
at local networking events. And so social media is that way for me to reach people around the world. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because when I first started practicing back in 85 and 86, there was no internet like we know it, mm-hmm. okay? In fact, fax machines were the big rave back then, rage back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us to go out and network, we'd go out at night to our bar association meetings, mm-hmm. go, to, go to walk into a conference room with 150 other lawyers on a Wednesday night, maybe have two or three quality conversations with somebody and then come home and you have their business cards and you start marketing. Right. And that's fine. That works. It just takes time. What I didn't like about that is I didn't like leaving the family. I didn't like leaving the house Mm -hmm. out at night when I could be home with my family. And like you, social media has allowed us to, you know, to do just that while we're still able to spend quality time, for example, at home with the family or on the sidelines of a soccer field with my kids or at the high school stadium uh, back when they were both in high school. They both just recently graduated. And it's, so it's kind of like given us more flexibility in networking and building a referral base and helping people. So I'm with you on that. It's just right. been a great asset, a great mm-hmm. business tool. Well, and obviously, it depends on what your business is. I mean, you know, if you are a true brick and mortar type of, of business, a connecting with somebody in, say, London might not be the optimal thing. But I always tell people, maybe they're connected with somebody that lives two blocks from you. <laughs> that <laughs> so is the way it works. Know, you know, That's and, exactly and, the way it works. You know, and, and, and that is one of the things, you know, I have businesses all the time that say, well, I'm only going to you know, reach out and connect with people that are within my zip code or, you know, it LinkedIn in particular. That's one of the, you know, I only want to connect with people that are close to me. Clearly it's a business decision. I mean, you know, it's, it's whatever you want to do with it, but it's, it's, it, the, the big thing is it's not who, you know, it's who, you know, knows. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. And the, it's the mindset. See, the challenge I have with other professionals in my mastermind is they need to understand that it's just as easy for someone to refer a new client or patient or customer to you from across the street. Uh, it's just as easy for someone to do that from the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that example you gave about someone in London Someone in London may have a good friend that's looking to build a custom home mm-hmm. in the state that you're a builder in. Right. And if you're top of mind, if you're that contractor that they're thinking of, that's who they're going to refer their family or friends to in that state mm-hmm. to get a bid to build that home. And, and that is how social media works. And we've gotten uh, uh, a lot of different opportunities come our way, some new cases come our way from from all around the world just mm-hmm. because of that one dynamic. We did a trip to London a couple of years ago, and I don't know if you know Chrissy Lightfoot, uh, the, uh, the entre- entrepreneurial mm-hmm. lawyer. And she mm-hmm. has, has Ooh, a, uh, I have to connect with her. Yeah, a new, client, <laughs> a new company uh, that has to do with uh, Lisa, which is a robotic AI right. mm-hmm. type of device. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we originally met when she had, she wrote about me in her first book, and this is back in 2011, 2010. But to make a very long story short, we've kept in touch. We preferred business back and forth. And when my family was over in London a couple of years ago, guess who I'd had on, guess who I had a nice, long, enjoyable lunch with, Mm -hmm. right? And, and so there's just so many upsides to social media that I'd love to see more professionals embrace it, Mm -hmm. but do so and be careful when you do so. Be careful. Right. Make sure if you're a professional, you comply with your state and federal rules and regulations. Make sure you're selectively transparent, which means add value, be yourself, but you don't have to share every single mm-hmm. personal challenge in your life. 
that's not where your friends are to console you when you're having a bad day or you've made a bad business decision. Maybe social media is not the best place to air your dirty laundry. Right. But on the other side of the coin, if you want to have that perceived expertise, you're that person people can go to to get their, their problems fixed. You're that person people can go to when they have a question and they're not sure what the answer is. If you build that foundation and share the type of content whether it's in a written blog post, whether it's in a podcast like this, whether it's in video and live video, which I'm a huge fan of, what happens is people start to know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. They start to uh, hopefully appropriately look at you as an expert in the area that you're publishing content in. And then the phone rings, the email right. box fills up, the direct messages on Twitter and Facebook come in, and that's where things start to get really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, and you mentioned knowing what you can and cannot post, say, for your state, um, for your industry even, you know, financial services. There are you know, very tight regulations about what they can and cannot post. Another would be medical. I mean, you know, there's those little things called HIPAA where, you know, they they can't, but it doesn't mean they can't use social media. They just have to follow the rules, Um, you know, and and then, you know, there are obviously other, you know, things like libel and slander that you you have to be very cautious of about also. But, you know, you mentioned one of the the things that, that I love and that's that you need to be authentic to yourself. You know, if you think that you have to be, you know, whatever person online and you're not that way, if somebody meets you, they're going to go, well, wait a minute, maybe everything else you told me wasn't right either. That's so true. And you always look, the BS rater on social media is very, very high. It's very accurate. So you want to uh, be 100% honest and truthful in what you communicate. Mm -hmm want to think long-term on social media. And when I talk about authenticity, I talk about just being yourself, being, you know, showing your human side. Mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago when YouTube first rolled out, we immediately jumped on the platform and tried to share videos. We did share videos mm-hmm. trying to take the consumer by the hand and walk them through maybe the 10, the 10 or 20 most common asked questions that we get each week or each month. And we wow. did detailed YouTube video responses. Mm-hmm. So they're there 24 seven. That's great. That's helpful. But we weren't getting the engagement that we really wanted back then. Now, YouTube was new and people weren't as comfortable with video as they are today. But what I did notice back then, Deb, is I was riding my mountain bike from the house down to the beach Saturday morning, probably about 630 in the morning, hadn't showered, hadn't shaved, worked up a nice sweat, had the baseball cap on. About halfway down to the beach, I thought of a trial lawyer tip to help Mm -hmm. other trial lawyers with their opening statements. Mm -hmm. And I just pulled over, pulled out my phone, and shot a two or three minute. I love it. Video, right? Mm-hmm. Not really thinking. I posted it. It was probably a Saturday morning. By the t- when I got into the office on Monday, that video just exploded. Lawyers mm-hmm. from all over the country just dived in, enjoyed the content, mm-hmm. told me this is so cool. I need to get out and start exercising. I'm so glad. You know, I also start thinking about things when I'm swimming or when I'm working out because the endorphin levels kick in. Right. Right. But what I, my takeaway from that for anyone listening to this is share content when you're out doing things that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. even, if it's, even if it's not directly related to your practice right. or your business or your service or your product. Those little 
social media seeds that you can sprinkle on around on the internet, that's what that's what connects people on mm-hmm. a human level. And as long as you do so in a way where you're authentic, you're selectively transparent, you're not wasting anybody's time. Frankly, you you want to be a little bit engaging, maybe even entertaining at times because the attention span is pretty short on social. I think that's where the good stuff happens. And that's why I, I decided to write the book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media for Business Owners, Professionals, and Entrepreneurs, because I think there's three components to social media. And if you're a business person, if you're a professional, you can jump on a free and set up a free Twitter account or a free Instagram account, but there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. If you do that and you're not prepared and you don't know how to use that particular platform and you don't know how to communicate on that particular platform, social media is not going to work for you. So Mm -hmm. I took those three components and I broke them down and reached out to some of the top experts around the world and had them share content for my readers on the mindset of social media, on how to set up and use the social media platforms, and then how to communicate persuasively and effectively on the social media platforms. And I think if any business owner or professional uses all three of those components when building out their social media brand, Mm -hmm. success is going to follow. It's going to put you ahead of 99% of your competition because most people are not properly and effectively using all three of those approaches when they jump on social. They set up a Twitter account. They send out a a few tweets. They don't include a picture. They don't include a bio. And they wonder why nobody's engaging with them. Right. You know, and this isn't rocket science. There is a proven method to building relationships on the digital platforms. And so that's why I'm so darn excited about this book coming out. It's going to come out on January 1st of Mm -hmm. 2019. And I can't wait for everyone to grab it, read it, and then share their uh, share their feedback with me because I'm really, really excited about this project. Well, I can't wait to read it either. Um, you know, and and you know, I've looked through your your list of of people who have contributed, and I'm like, O, M, G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a sneak peek, didn't you? Well, you have some of the major names in social media, so you know, let's let's kind of do some of the little nuts and bolts of this. How did you get some of these people? All of these people, actually, but you know, because they're all experts in their fields, or you wouldn't have had them contribute. But I mean, some of these really are the people that are the number one, the number two on some of these lists that we see that come out over and over again. So, how did you reach out to them and, and get them to to contribute like they did? Well, most of them are friends of mine, and we met online. We've met, mm-hmm. you know, we've since gotten to know each other at conferences and dinners, and we've shared the stage together. But it all started with this. Maybe it started with a with an initial podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. it started with a live video interview. Um, and it's just a slow and consistent, genuine from the heart relationship building effort. And it's mm-hmm. a two way street. I think for the professionals listening to this you're adding value to social media that a lot of other people can't, can't add because of your background as a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, uh, an engineer, whatever you do for a living, you have a unique value. And if you can share that value on social, other people that don't have that same skill set, they're going to connect with you. They're going to reach out to you for help. And so it's a two-way street. One reason I, I reached out to some of my friends is because they are experts at some of these things. And, and I'm a full-time trial lawyer. Mm-hmm. So rather than me trying to explain to somebody how to have the go-giver attitude 
on social media, which is the mindset of social media. I reached out to Bob Berg, the author the, of the, the expert, the mm-hmm. author of one of my favorite books of all time, Adversaries into Allies, which mm-hmm. is another book that he wrote that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I, and I asked Bob, Bob, can you share the go-giver approach mm-hmm. to business owners and professionals for social media? Mitch, I would love to. And if you know Bob, that's his response. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. I've had Bob on several times and, and it's just always, you know, he, he, he oh, he's just wonderful. He is wonderful. <laughs> and so, so the first part of the book is all about having the right mindset uh, mm-hmm. of social media. And if you don't mind, let me just step back because sure. I, grew up on a, I grew up on a ranch in Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And we always had 25 to 30 horses. We would have guests come and actually stay with us for about a week at a time and play cowboy. It was a dude ranch. And I look at social media kind of like growing up on this ranch and riding horses. For example, if I'm out at the tack house and I'm, set, and I'm saddling up the horses, getting ready for an afternoon ride, when guests come to the ranch and they want to go riding, what would happen is a couple of different scenarios. Sometimes I'd look out and I'd see guests walking up to the corrals and they're in shorts and tennis shoes, and a t-shirt, and no hat to keep the right. sun off the forehead. Mm-hmm. And it's like they don't have the right initial tools to mm-hmm. enjoy a two and a half hour afternoon ride mm-hmm. through the cactus patches. That's just not going to be a pretty right. picture. Mm-hmm. So, so what we do is we'll take them into town, we'll get them some jeans, boots, a nice big cowboy hat to cover, keep the sun off their forehead, and we'll get them ready to throw their leg over the saddle of a horse. Well, social media, having the right mindset, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's getting somebody ready, having that go-giver approach, having the mentality to give, give, give before you ever ask for anything. Brian Kramer shared a great chapter on human to human, H to H, on showing your human side uh, if you're a business person. Shama Hyder, who's uh, a good friend of mine, wrote a whole chapter on how businesses and professionals, what they need to look at if they're looking for a social media agency. And so we've, we've laid the foundation for people to use social media by first having the right mindset and having the tools. Mm-hmm. Once they learn how to do that, then back at the ranch, we would show them how to get on a horse from the left side. You always get on a horse from the right. left side. Mm-hmm. How to put your, your, your toe, your boot in a stirrup not all the way in, but just your toes. There's a mm-hmm. certain way to sit the saddle. There's a certain way to hold the reins in your left hand. Well, th- it's similar with social media. Each platform is different. There's a different way to throw your leg over the saddle of Twitter as opposed to LinkedIn or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so I found this analogy with social media and growing up in the ranch as a great guide for me in laying out the order of this book because the second part, getting on the horse, getting on the social media platforms, we wanted to teach everyone how to do it the right way. Each platform's different and each horse is different. The last part about social media that I think is critically important, and you're obviously very good at this, is when you're out on a two and a half hour ride, guess what you do on the trail? What you do is you talk, Mm -hmm. you chat, you have a conversation. You learn how to ask open-ended questions. And the reason that's so important is I noticed that when we get back to the ranch at night, and we had a big bonfire and a big grill area and everyone would sit around at the campfire and tell stories. I always noticed that the people that were able to carry a good conversation out on the trail were the same people that had everyone else sitting around them at the campfire listening to their stories. Right. There's something so powerful about learning how to tell an emotional story. So the third part of the book, 
now that we've got people familiar with the right mindset, we've taught them how to use the social media platforms. The last part of the book is all about communicating on the social media platforms. You and I were talking before we went live about the 280 character limit now on Twitter that's been around for a while and some of the different ways to communicate on the platforms. Well, I reached out to different experts. Kim Garst, for example, Mm -hmm. talked about building, uh, becoming an influencer and maintaining that position as an influencer on social media. And that has a lot to do with engagement and how you communicate. Mm -hmm. Mark Schaefer shared a chapter on how to become known on social media. And a lot of that has to do with different communication techniques. Carmen Gallo, who wrote the book, Talk Like Ted, and he analyzed dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of different TED Talks, and broke it down into different things that each effective, most popular TED speaker did to command the stage and communicate their message. And so Carmine was nice enough to share a chapter on how we can all do the same thing using social media. So I think when it's all said and done, and I've skipped over about 40 chapters, (laughs) is that we've given the reader, we will be giving the reader the right foundation to get started, Mm -hmm. the right approach to throw their leg over the social media horse. And then when they're out on that ride, the right mentality, tools, approaches, and tips to communicate effectively on social, which you and I both know, it's more about listening than anything else. We try to teach people listen 70% of the time. And then when you do communicate and engage in a post or maybe a response to a, a, a blog post or something like that, there's a right and wrong way to do that. And by doing all of that, to circle all the way back to your original question, by me doing all of these things, that's how I got to know all of these people. That's how we connected on a human to human level. That's how I've earned their trust over the years, and frankly, that's how they've earned my trust over the years. It's a two-way street, and uh, now I'm sharing it on January 1st with the world, and I hope everybody enjoys the book. I love it, and you know, at the end, we'll obviously tell people how they can find it and and purchase it. Um, You know, it it is, you were making connections with people who were going to contribute to the book, but the same thing goes with people who are looking for business associates, business partners, clients, customers, you know, whatever it is, when we, when they trust us or we trust someone who's talking about them, you know, because there, it was funny. I heard the greatest thing today. I uh, was at a presentation given by college students and, and one of them said, and I wrote it down. It was one of those like aha moments. She said, it's no longer word of mouth. It's world of mouth. Ooh, I love that. Wasn't that great? You know, yeah. out of the mouths of babes and, you know, all that good stuff. But it, it really is true. When, you know, I might not have direct knowledge about someone, but if I know someone, or even if I'm just connected with them on social media, you know, I might have never met them, don't really know them from Adam, but I'm going to trust them when I, you know, ask a question or, or do something like that. And, and so it is about being that influencer, being that great source of information without coming across as the buy me, buy me, buy me person. Um, oh, you know, and, and that's, that is the thing that we see people go wrong with, right? You know, we're on Facebook and we see the people who all they ever post about is you know, what you can buy from them. In, in yeah, that, yeah that, that doesn't work on social, oh. nor should it work on social. And the whole buyer mentality has mm-hmm. completely changed. And it's been a struggle for me to get other lawyers to understand that mm-hmm. in today's world, uh, 
we're just a tap and a swipe away from from losing a client. Right. All right. There's lots of information out there, lots of really good lawyers. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that everything that you do is, surrounds the concept of creating an exemplary client experience. Everything mm-hmm. we do has to be about the client and the client experience. And one of the most powerful questions, just following up on that type of approach, we ask our clients before they leave the office after an initial interview or consultation is, how would you like us to communicate with you? Right. And if it's text, it's text. If it's Mm -hmm. Facebook Messenger, it's Facebook Messenger. If it's the phone call, or very few of them will say snail mail. Most of our clients do not like traditional, Mm -hmm. but see, most lawyers love their letterhead, and it's all about them. Mm -hmm. So you want to be aware of how society's changed, and the way you do that is you you, the way you do that is you follow Dale Carnegie's approach, and I think this works really well on social media. And Mr. Carnegie was quoted as saying, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. Mm-hmm. And on social media, that's the mindset you have to have. You have to be interested in other people. You have to be genuinely from the heart interested in adding value to the lives of other people. And and that's what makes social fun. Mm -hmm. While you're building your brand, while you're building your business, you're having fun because you're helping other people. And uh, I just wish, well, I know for a fact, more and more business owners are getting this. Mm -hmm. The light bulb's going on. They're starting to understand how to do social correctly. But, uh, and it's fun, Deb, because things are changing so quickly. Right. Isn't that amazing how fast mm-hmm. things are changing? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and some of them are coming back to it, you know, because they didn't, you know, they were the people that, that posted buy from us, buy from us, buy from us, or, um, you know, all these various things. And, and they were disillusioned, you know, it didn't work. So I'm not going to spend my time there. And now they're figuring out, uh, okay, it didn't go away. <laughs> you know, that was, I always had people that tell me, oh, you know, it's, it's, why do I want to, spend my time doing something that's not going to be here in a couple of years. It's not mm. gone away. It's evolved. Now, some things have gone away. I mean, you know, there, there was Google's experiment several times with trying to do social media and they finally just gave up. Um, you know, and, and, and Facebook continues to evolve, evolve LinkedIn, and then new things are added. You know, the, the uh, younger generations are doing totally different things on social media with platforms I've never heard of. And I, to be honest, I don't want to know about them. Um, <laughs> but it, it is, it's changing so fast. And to me, that's one of the, the very cool things about it is you have to be continually learning as to what works and what doesn't work. So I agree with you, but there's a caveat. But let me take a step back. What, what I share with with my Legal Minds members is that platforms come and go, mm-hmm. but relationships can last a lifetime. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so we need to focus on the relationships. It's not about the platform. It's, it's about the relationships. And even if you invest time and energy into a platform that eventually goes away or gets purchased by a bigger company and brought into their products and services, it's a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to learn how to do something so that the next time you're on a, a new platform or on an existing platform in a different fashion, you're better at it. You're more comfortable at doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spreecast, which was one of the original live streaming platforms uh, created by a friend of mine, Jeff Floor, who was the co-founder of StubHub. And after they sold StubHub to eBay, uh, a few years later, Jeff realized there's no live video on social media. Mm-hmm. So he started this back in 2010, 2011. 
I was an early user of Spreecast, and mm-hmm. because of that, it allowed me to to really meet people from all over the world that I would have never met. Um, people that you would know, uh, Anderson Cooper, Katie mm-hmm. Couric, been on shows at the Wall Street Journal, um, met Peter Diamandis, just some amazing people that were early users of mm-hmm. this new, back then, live video technology. Well, after a year or two, guess what? Spreecast closed down. Mm-hmm. It was ahead of its time. The the mobile Wi-Fi speed back in the time was just making its transition from 2G to 3G. We were not at 4G, and so mm-hmm. it just wasn't working with the hardware that we had back right. in the day, and eventually it, 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 they went ahead and went a different direction. But what we learned from Spreecast, the broadcasting approaches, how to do an interview, the relationships we built, those have carried on mm-hmm. over the years on the different platforms. And you know what's really cool about social media is what I learn on social media, how I communicate. There's a new way of communicating. You want to be short, mm-hmm. quick, concise. You don't want to waste anybody's time. I'm taking these approaches back into the courtroom. Right. So if I'm looking at a jury panel of younger, the older I get, the younger they get. But a, a jury <laughs> panel. Of how that many, happens. <laughs> it's amazing how that happens. It's called a circle of life. Mm-hmm. But when I when I look at my jury panel. I'm, I'm communicating in a different fashion than I did 20 years ago. Right. We used to have a two-hour opening statement, and mm-hmm. now my opening statements are structured, generally speaking, around an 18-minute TED Talk. Mm-hmm. That's what they're used to hearing. That's right. what they want to hear, and that's what I do, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take what you learn on social media back into your medical practice, your legal practice, your accounting practice, your donut store down at the corner, whatever you do for a living, and you can use it offline to improve your customer service, mm-hmm. to, to improve your client engagement, and to, to build a better business. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-way street, and that's why I'm so gung-ho on social, on digital, and all of the new evolving technology like virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, and artificial intelligence, because that stuff is going to change the world as we know it. Right. Oh, I know. I'm a big science fiction fan, and things aren't really science fiction anymore. That's always one of the amazing things. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I tell people, you know, along the same lines, what you, you know, treat people online like you would treat them offline. So, for example, networking. Um, You know, you wouldn't walk up to somebody, fling your business card at them, uh, you know, and, and, you know, uh, you, you walk up and you say, so, hey, Mitch, you know, what'd you do over the weekend? You know, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life. You know, we it, 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 treat it like, you know, treat social media like you do networking in real life and, and building those relationships. And, and so it is, it's like you said, it's that two-way street. You know, if we wouldn't, you know, it, it was funny, I was on a, a mastermind group the other day and we were talking about the people who, especially on LinkedIn, you connect with them and wham, you get this salesy and real salesy connection. And then it's like, nope, un- unconnect. Um, you know, but we wouldn't you know, walk up to somebody, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, you want to get married? You know, never <laughs> having met them. Same thing with networking, you know, in real life. You're not going to walk up and just immediately start selling. So don't immediately start selling online either. You know, it's, it really is that combination. Um, you know, and, and like you said, what what works online with posting works offline. Same with offline. You know, what messages when you, you know, for example, you're at a networking thing, what questions are you always being asked? 
I tell people it's a great thing like for salespeople they're going to be able to answer your 10 five or your your 10 most asked questions um, you know and, and those can be hello 10 blog posts 10 Facebook posts all these various things but you know what happens in real life easily transitions to the online world also and and so you know and, and it comes back to as what we were saying earlier it it's about authenticity also uh, you know if they if they meet you offline or online is it you you know or is it this persona uh, and i think business owners especially those that are maybe a little more mature let me just put it that way are scared of social media you know i was in a meeting the other day and and they said i absolutely won't do it i won't do it it's going to invade my privacy and i said okay first of all your privacy is invaded <laughs> you know, go google there is your no name privacy. what comes there up no privacy, um, yeah exactly. you know and, and and then of course they were startled because you know you could you could google somebody and find out their age who they're married to where they live all these various things you know, only on TV, I think, are the people that, you know, they have no presence. Um, you know, or somebody who, you know, who, the, those little strange people that you don't want to connect with anyway. But everything's out there anyway. So you want to be part of that conversation. Um, you know, I have a lot of business owners who tell me, well, I don't want to have a Facebook page or I don't want to, you know, be on Instagram, whatever, because somebody might say something bad. Well, they're already saying something bad if there's something bad to be said. And you should be part of that conversation to try to fix it <laughs> as opposed yeah. to being the, the ostrich who's ignoring what's going on. You know, it's interesting because for years I felt like I was um, beating my head up against a brick wall, trying to convince other lawyers why they should be on social media. And I've given up on that. In other words, it's, I'm more focused on, helping and supporting and encouraging the professionals that are interested in mm -hmm. building online brands. They already get it. And that number is exponentially increasing each year. And so what I've decided to do is the last thing I ever want to do is waste any time trying to convince somebody mm -hmm. to be building an online brand. Because frankly, I'm, I'm a full-time trial lawyer and that's right. what I do. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that the people that have embraced social the right way and are taking their offline business products and services online. It's, it's amazing and fun to see the results and Dale, uh, uh, what's the name of the book? How to win, how to, uh, win friends and influence people. people. Yes. I think Something that's the book by Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. So, so I actually wrote a blog post and there's a chapter in the book about using his principles back in, I want to say 1937, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken and applying those principles online. And along the lines of what you just said, when you're meeting people and you're having conversations, you're not immediately giving them your business card and asking them to hire you. There's a right and wrong way to start conversations. And I think the most powerful tool is to use open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. Ask an open-ended question, something that you genuinely are interested in getting an answer to, and then actively listening to the response. You don't want to interrupt. You don't need to interject your opinion. Just stop talking and start listening and listen to what the other person has to say. That's the easiest way to have a conversation with somebody to build rapport. They're going to appreciate the fact that you're not interrupting and that you're actually interested in what they're saying. And you're going to learn something about the other person. Online, that works really well. Asking mm -hmm. open-ended questions, using people's names, using people's Twitter handles or social media handles. Uh, if you've got a, a, somebody that's reached out to you, spend five or 10 minutes 
doing an online background check on these people mm -hmm. to see what their interests and their passions are. Mm -hmm. I use Nimble for that mm -hmm. uh, by John Ferrara's company. And Nimble allows me, Deb, to put your name into the database and it brings in all of your different social media posts into one page. And oh. I can see exactly mm -hmm. what public posts, not private mm -hmm. posts. Right. I don't want to creep anybody out. Mm -hmm. But it allows me to get a really good feel for what you've been up to this week. Mm -hmm. What are your interests? What are your passions? And so when I have a conversation with you, I can incorporate some of that into my conversation, right. which once again, elevates that level of trust, mm -hmm. uh, creates that relationship bond and, and has you probably feeling a little bit better about me and mm -hmm. me about you. And so it's using some of these old school offline approaches while engaging on social media that works so well. So I'm glad you brought that up because what works at conferences in real life works on social media, using names, shining a light on somebody else, promoting their blog post or their live video to the world because it relates to something that you do, helping other people. That's how you build your brand on mm -hmm. social media. And it's the same way you build your brand offline, old school, before the internet and before the digital platforms came along. Right. And we did our research then. You know, say you were going to meet with a potential new client. You asked your friends, tell me a little bit about them, especially there, if there'd been a referral. You know, and so then you could say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, the Denver Broncos won last week um, because mm -hmm. you know they're a Denver Bronco fan. And I tell people, you know, it's, it's okay to do a little online stalking, but tell them hey, I saw on LinkedIn that you graduated from X university, you know, because you don't want them to think that you're stalking, um, you know, and, and, and it, it gets, but it, it's a little touchy. And, you know, so let's, let's kind of go into a little bit of the, the legal world here. I was meeting with somebody and they said, you know, I'm getting ready to uh, be interviewed by a company. What can they look at of mine on social media? You know, and, and, and what questions can they ask? And, and you know, we're going to do a disclaimer. This is generalities. Everything changes state by state. So, you know, this is, is just, you know, very, very sure. general type of information here. Um, and always research. You know, folks, do your own research, obviously, on this. But, you know, say I'm going to apply, you know, for, to, to a company for a, a position there. What can they legally, and let's put the little term ethically in there, do too, when they're kind of researching me as a potential candidate? Well, the, the short answer is if there are public posts on social media, anybody in the world can look at those posts right. and it will play a factor in whether or not you get the job. I'll mm -hmm. tell you right now, all things being equal, when new associates apply to our firm for you know a job as a lawyer, mm -hmm. generally the candidates that come in uh, are equally qualified. They're all from mm -hmm. good law schools. They've all got impressive... Uh, you know, law clerking backgrounds mm -hmm. or, or legal backgrounds, uh, bar examination backgrounds. So, you know, all, you know, all in all, it's pretty equal. What we do is we do look online and we check out uh, and try to get a better idea, as I said, using Nimble to get us started in the right direction. And I do the same thing with my jurors, by the way. I'll Nimble them during trial. Right. But uh, we want to get a full picture of who this person is. Is the person sitting across my desk, which is at, who's as qualified as the other 10 applicants, are they morally, ethically, um, uh, professionally, what we're looking for? Are they congruent to our belief systems mm -hmm. as human beings in the, in the practice? And, and we are all about uh, 
you know, equal rights. We're all about uh, being honest and truthful. We're all about being respectful to others. So we'll check the social media platform to see and make sure that the person sitting across our desk is the same person that's, you know, that's out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always tell, you know, individuals entering the job force, force make sure that you've uh, carefully examined all of your social media profiles so that they're congruent to who mm-hmm. you are. And because it can affect your ability to land that dream job. So you right. got to be careful. And mm-hmm. I'm speaking with, you know, I've got an 18-year-old son that's just started school and my daughter mm-hmm. is in her last year of law school at USC. And these are all things that they're already thinking about, probably because they live with us. Mm-hmm. But they understand that uh, you have to be careful with what you post and share on social media because uh, as it should, it, it's something that other people can look at and put weight on when evaluating who you are, what kind of character you have, and what type of interests and priorities you have in life. So you got to be careful. Well, and they also get a snippet, at least, maybe even more, of who you're connected with. So, you know, you might be the fine, upstanding citizen, but your friends might not be. And, you know, and, and so if you're kind of tied together with them on social media, I, one of the biggest things I tell people is, you know, you, you have applied for job X. Your first interview is when they look at your online uh, persona. What are they going to find? And many times they don't even bring that person in. You know, they see something there that they question, you know. And, and uh, when I was in Colorado, I taught at Metro State. I taught communications. And I had a student, lovely student. I mean, she was one of my straight A students. She usually beat me to the class. And it was, you know, one of those early morning classes. She, you know, was very involved in the school, all these various things. And now I never would connect with my students on social media when I was their professor. You know, I didn't want to see things that I just shouldn't be seeing. So it was just easier to <laughs> not connect. And, but she kept telling me, oh my gosh, find me on Twitter, find me on Twitter. Oh, so fine. I went and I looked on Twitter and this lovely young woman could not do a post without the F word in it multiple times. And I called her aside after class and, you know, I'd never, ever embarrass her. And I said, sweetie. <laughs> Stop that. And, and she said, well, that's how my friends talk. I said, okay, you can have as many Twitter accounts as you want. There's no rule. Um, you know, like on LinkedIn, you have to have just one. And on Facebook, you're really only supposed to have one, all those various things. And he said, so have a Twitter account that nobody except your friends can find and see. It's because I have to tell you if, uh, that just seeing your Twitter posts, I would now not refer you to potential jobs because it's my reputation that's on the line. And that had never occurred to her because she said, but you mean they look on Twitter? And her Twitter name was her real name. So it was very easy to find her. There are consequences. There's mm-hmm. consequences to what we say and do. And there's, there, there always have been. And none of those consequences are, in fact, 24-7 and global. Mm-hmm. And I like that. See, it, it's a mindset. The glass right. is half full. The reason I like it is... I became a lawyer because I have opinions and I want to make the world a better place and I want to take on the bullies in the world. Mm -hmm. Anybody following me on social media knows exactly how I feel about, well, let's just say very relevant trending political topics right now. And I am completely okay with that. If somebody's following me, in other words, I'm willing to accept the consequences. Mm -hmm. If somebody sees something that I'm posting on Twitter and they don't like it and it offends them, I don't really care. Right. You probably don't want to work with them anyway. I don't want them Mm -hmm. as a client. And so it's one of these things where once you embrace who you are Mm -hmm. and 
and you take a stand in life, and it might be uh, to protect the white the little white squirrels down at the harbor. And down mm-hmm. here in Dana Point Harbor, we have little squirrels all over the rocks. <laughs> and maybe you, you have a, a pet squirrel down there that you want to just protect, you know, and you want to go to bat for that little squirrel, right? And that's fine. But once you take that stand, take that stand because it's the cutest little squirrel in the world and you want to protect it. Hey. The reality is if you do that, you're going to connect with more people that, are, that have the same interest mm-hmm. and the same, the same things in common with you. And they want to protect the squirrels too. Right. And so you're going to build this community of people that want to protect the squirrels. Um, If you're afraid of sharing your position on certain important, whether it's environmental issues, political issues, whatever it might be, um, what's going to happen is nobody's going to know. They're not going to have a good understanding of who you are and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And I understand, I understand the old concept in business, you know, don't discuss politics, religion, or money. Uh, in business and and then you know subsequently online, but I'm of the uh, belief that we're not living in a different world today, and there's mm-hmm. plenty of business out there for everybody. There really is, and I think if you want to stand out, if you want to build your brand, you have to be true to who you are. You have to follow your true north. You have mm-hmm. to be honest about what your why is in life, and if it falls into any of those categories where you're discussing controversial issues then I say go for it and have fun doing it Mm -hmm. and educate the world. But just understand that there are consequences. And and if you're comfortable with the consequences, I think the downside is significantly outweighed by the upside. And the upside, let me give you an example real Mm -hmm. quick. I think people who know Guy Kawasaki will appreciate Mm -hmm. this. Guy Kawasaki was, for your listeners who may not know him, he was one of the original Apple Apple guys, Mm -hmm. Apple evangelist. And he's probably one of the most well-known guys on social media. So we're down at social media marketing world in San Diego a few years ago. And guy was talking about the political, he had a packed room, hundreds Mm -hmm. of people. And he was telling us about, he was bringing in about 30,000 new followers on LinkedIn a month. Huge. And he had the graph up there. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, uh, let me ask, and he's a 60-plus-year-old Hawaiian dude, really cool mm-hmm. guy. He goes, mm-hmm. let me ask everybody in the room with this Hawaiian accent that only guy can do. Mm-hmm. He goes, how many of you out there have voted? And what do you think about going, what's going on in the world? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, and Guy, being as we have similar approach to life, he's like, I can't take this anymore, and mm-hmm. I have to start talking about it. And he goes, but the problem is once I started talking about it, let me show you what happened. And he shows this spreadsheet where every month, 30,000, 30,000 more, 30,000 mm-hmm. more. He goes, this is the month I started talking about politics and it drops down to almost zero. Right. And you hear the room just get quiet mm-hmm. and he looks out and he goes, no man, that's not what happened. And he pulls up the real graph and it's twice as many followers, mm-hmm. right? right? Because they connected with mm-hmm. he and his, his approach and philosophy mm-hmm. as to a trending topic. And, and the takeaway for me, and I told him this during lunch is I said, I needed to hear that and see that because I'm doing the same thing. And I have friends telling me, what are you doing? But finally, for, with respect to somebody who I look up to and somebody who I respect, you just confirmed my moral compass is pointed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Two years later, it's the best decision I ever made. So whether or not it has to do with pointing out somebody online that's committing a crime or committing fraud, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things about doing business on social media that I talk about all the time, Deb, is you got to be careful with who you're doing business with. You got to be careful with who you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful with who shows you agree to be on because 
there is a thing called guilt by association, mm-hmm. right? People, right, like I was saying before, you know, your your friends, you know, you. Mm-hmm. So do you do process? Do you due diligence? Is what I tell people. I'm mm-hmm. the guy because everyone knows me as being that lawyer on social media. I'm the guy that gets the phone calls, and mm-hmm. I know the people out there that are defrauding other people. I know mm-hmm. who they are. I could give you ten names if if you were to ask me, and we weren't being recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> is in every single instance where fraud took place. Had somebody simply Googled that person's name, they would have seen complaints, Mm -hmm. lawsuits, uh, bad reviews, whatever it might be. So Mm -hmm. the thing about social media is it's never been easier to do business, to build your business, to market your business, to brand your business, and to do business online. But you also have to raise the bar when it comes to doing your due diligence. Mm -hmm. Be smart. Do a background check. Google everything before you spend a lot of money or before you hop on a plane to fly someplace to close a business deal. You know, just be careful because I I, I tell people it's never been easier for the digital foxes to get their paws inside the digital hen houses. Right. So you've got to be careful. Well, and it's funny. We'll look on TripAdvisor to see, you know, hey, what's the rating for a restaurant? But a major purchase that's thousands of dollars, we go, oh, well, that's a nice ad. <laughs> and true? then we wonder that's what's what's going on. Um, well, you know, and long gone are the days when people can say, we didn't know. Well, absolutely. And the other thing, the other caveat, just because a lot of people listening to this probably go to conferences, uh, whether it's a, in their industry or whether it's a big social media conference, and I speak at a lot of these, is I want you to also do your due diligence and don't put the weight of the world and 100% of your trust on everything you hear or see from stage. Mm-hmm. Stage, okay? Take with a grain of salt what you hear. Do your own due diligence. Do your own analysis on whether or not what you're hearing is coming from a credible source, number right. one. And then number two, even if it is coming from a credible source, is it a, an approach, a tactic, uh, a business development idea that you have the ability to execute and implement into your practice or business? Because you've got some gifted marketing specialists that can tell you how to do something and they're doing it. But that doesn't mean that you and I can do it. I mean, right. you could do it, but that doesn't mean that I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so you really want to, I think with social opening up so many different ideas and approaches and opportunities, at the same time, you want to take a step back and take a deep breath and uh, and do your due diligence before pulling the trigger and you know making a large purchase or spending a lot of money to do something. Because I am seeing the amount of, well, let's just say questionable activities it's substantially more online than I ever, ever mm. observed or saw offline. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A little, little legal safety tip there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and none of us have the excuse that we can't do it. Um, you know, maybe you're not on Facebook or, you know, some of these other platforms. You still can Google them <laughs> you know, and, and find these yeah. things out. And, and then, you know, folks, some of this is common sense. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have my, my roof redone after a storm by somebody who put a, a badly copied flyer in my door. <laughs> you know? But, and, and same thing with this, this, you know, the spams and this, Boofs and all of those things that we get emails for. You know, I really wish that the person who wants to give me $1.3 billion existed, but, <laughs> you know, probably not so much. And Or even just the simple things, you know, that share this post and win a free Delta Airlines ticket. No, you know, there, there is that thing called there's no such thing as a free lunch. 
So you, so you want to understand that building your brand on social media, as Deb just mentioned, it's, it's, it's a long-term play and it comes from building the right type of reputation, social credibility, social currency, um, the reputation that people can know, like, and trust you. And over time, what then happens is you become that, that go-to guy or gal the people will reach out to when they need your products, when they need your services, whatever it might be. And, and it's, it's just such a powerful way to build your brand, to market your business and develop your company. As you said, what ha- this is an interesting statistic and it's a couple of years old, but I think it still applies just based upon what I'm seeing. So we have a very, very active and fairly large global social media presence. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, like I said, it started in 1996 with our website, but it also started on social media when these platforms first rolled out. So we've been on these platforms for a long, long time. Interesting statistic. We always ask incoming <clears throat> clients, where did you hear, you know, where did you hear about mm-hmm. us? Or how did you get our name? Or where did you first learn about our firm? Or how did you hear about Mitch Jackson? Whatever it might be, depending on who's asking the question. 60%, 60% of the new incoming clients that come to us through social media have never even seen us on social media. They're wow. a personal referral mm-hmm. from somebody that is following us. So the response we get 60% of the time is, you know what? I needed a lawyer to help me with this business dispute. So I asked my neighbor and my neighbor happens to be somebody that's following you on Twitter Mm -hmm. or my boss at work is a friend of yours on LinkedIn. So he or she told me you need to contact Mitch Jackson. He's an honest lawyer. If he can help you, he will. And if he can't, he'll get you going in the right direction with a good law firm that can. 60% are people that were referred by somebody else on social media. That that blew me away mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I think it's got to be more now. I'm thinking as our presence has even expanded more over the last couple of years, that that percentage is even higher. And I'm okay with that. Right. I mean, it worked. Bottom line, it works. Mm-hmm. But that's something for people to think about. Your, your audience may not be who you think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why the broad brush stroke of building a brand that people like and trust and can rely upon, it can it can expand so much further than the hundred people who are following you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they all have 10 or 20 close friends. Right. Those are the people that they'll probably be referring you to for legal services or dental services or tax services, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. So it's an interesting dynamic. It's an interesting dance. And it I'm is. enjoying every minute of it. Well, and it does change all the time, which means we'll just have to have you on again sometime because, you know, I'm sure that the things will evolve and change. But until then, tell people how they find you and connect with you online and then how they buy your book. Well, Deb, thanks for asking. And yes, things are changing all the time, right? That's what I like about this. It keeps life exciting. So the book is The Ultimate Guide to Social Media for Business Owners, Professionals, and Entrepreneurs. If you go to Social Media Book, dot info that's socialmediabook.info you can get on the update list and then it will be rolling out on january 1st and everyone will get an email as to what the link is you can connect with me on most of the major social media platforms at mitch jackson or over at my streaming lawyer blog streaming.lawyer for traditional law firm and legal services our law firm is jackson and wilson 
com. Deb, thanks for having me on your podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation. You're amazing. And I would love to come back sometime. Maybe, maybe after you read the book, if there's something in there that, that piques your interest, I can okay. reach out to that author. Ooh. and Maybe the two of us can join you at once oh. and we can do a three-way podcast. How's that this? would be fantastic. So let's definitely plan on doing something like that. So I can't wait to read the book. Um, again, it comes out uh, at the, the first of the year of 2019. So if you're you know listening to this in the future, it's already out. <laughs> you know, we have so many people that go back several years and listen to programs. It's always kind of fun. But until then, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Mitch Jackson. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.